0: Welcome back to another episode of the Agency Collective Tales. This time I'm chatting to Nick Boyce from Polinary. We are chatting all things about starting out, scaling and first time hires. Okay, so today I am joined by Nick Boyce from Polinary. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Nick.
1: Nice to be here.
0: And you were just saying you're down in Dorset at the moment.
1: Yeah, so Polymer is designed to be a, a remote first agency, so I tend to work from wherever I can be most happy and productive or fits in with the life at, at any given time, but that oh, has not been dream. able to be anywhere. Yeah, well, do you know, it, it used to be a point of difference up until a certain coronavirus came along, um, and now <laughs> it's just the way that everyone works.
0: Corona? I don't know what you're talking about. What is this Yeah, corona? exactly.
1: <laughs> So
0: um, you set did you set up the agency then with that that mindset? Like with that you wanting that in mind?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um I I was working for a company where remote work was not possible before I founded the agency. Um and then I uh I set the agency up with remote work in mind for sure. I was I've been fascinated with it for a while, and I think it forces a different way of working, which is not necessarily better or worse just different and I really just wanted to go down that path knowing that it was the future of work
0: that's magic so what 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 sparked it off what made you what made you start the agency um what's been your learning thus far
1: well I started the agency so that I could apply some of what I had learned as an e-commerce director into other businesses via via the agency so It was really set up to try and work with businesses similar to the one that I was working for. And thankfully, the business I was working for came on board as our first client, so that made that possible from day one. Um, So we work with predominantly e-commerce businesses that are in the sort of half a million pound to five million pound revenue range. So kind of big enough to be interesting, but small enough to be nimble. Um, And we uh, work with them on performance marketing. Uh, with a strong focus on paid social, um so really, for me, setting it up was about trying to help other businesses of a certain stage and size uh, grow
0: how how have your clients found lockdown i mean e commerce imagine certain products, certain industries have been absolutely flying so how how's that been?
1: Yeah, it's been pretty. Bananas, actually, like uh, all of our clients have had their best ever months, like surpassing November uh, in June and July, uh, which is crazy seeing some of them that uh, ordinarily that's their weakest month. So I think come the gifting season this year, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, they've all coped in in their ability to fulfill orders. Some have had to um, fulfill less frequently than, than they ordinarily would, um, but. Across the board, they're all just having record months virtually every month, which is which is fantastic. Keeps us busy.
0: Good stuff. Did you have to massively pivot with your advice that you were giving them, or I mean, you know, God, none of us none of us saw it coming, did we? Everyone was flying from the seat of their pants at the the start of this Corona coaster. So how how did <laughs> how did you best sort of rally the troops and support your support your uh, clients?
1: Well, I, I think first and foremost, we, we just h- helped them be a bit more reactive. So for the clients that we were working with, we would, I mean, we were always in touch with them quite regularly, but we would um, be in touch with them uh, much more frequently and be much more reactive in terms of our, uh, our campaigns. It was really for us about seizing the opportunity. So, for as long as they were able to fulfill products, we wanted to basically capitalize on the um the uptick in demand so um, one of our biggest clients, for example, i mean they at least doubled their their media spend um during that that time period uh and had we not been so reactive, they probably would have you know just kind of done what they've always done. but there's clearly a um vacuum there that needed to be filled with with money.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. And you were there to advise them the best way. That's brilliant. Absolutely. Now you are, um, growing. Polyneary is getting bigger. You're adding to the permanent team. That's exciting. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so
0: that journey been looking. uh, Really interesting. Yeah.
1: Really interesting because originally the business was set up, um, you know, in, Much in the same way that it was set up to be remote first to try and um, build a business that was the way that businesses were going to be in the future, Um, I also tried to build a business that was based off of a network of freelancers, which I think is sort of the way that work is going. But what I discovered in that process was it's very difficult to build a culture and consistent processes and so on in that environment. So I've decided to go down the permanent team route, so I'm in the process of Filling my first full-time role, which is um, amazing and exciting and quite exhausting. Um, oh God, and it's a man. yeah, and it's a remote first role. So just today, I've spoken with people from that are in Istanbul, um, Netherlands, Germany, Spain, UK. Um, so there's incredible demand for remote positions at the moment, and really a flood of talent on the market due to redundancy. So um, really, is that what absolutely yeah most of the people that I've spoken with the best quality candidates are in uh, redundancy positions directly related to corona
0: I mean that's that's awfully sad to think about the the I guess the jobs market being like that but also like what a great position to be in in terms of the remote world now that we're working in in the virtual world because I think across the board clients are used to it uh, staff are used to it. Business owners are used to it. We, we're used to chatting in this this casual Zoom way, you know. I just Absolutely. Had and, I just had to run and shut the door because my sister and her kids have just rocked up. while I'm doing podcast <laughs> for God's sake. So yeah,
1: you know. yeah, that's the way it is now. I mean, yeah, like I said, it it was originally intended to be a point of difference, and part of that was to try and build the business of the future, and part of it was just trying to to have a competitive advantage in hiring, and that's Um, still sort of the case because a lot of businesses are temporarily remote Um, but I think it's fantastic that this is I mean one of the good things to come out of of this is that um, businesses have had to figure out how to modernize and how to be remote friendly and I I think ultimately that could lead to a better working situation for many people.
0: Definitely all those business owners that were scared to relinquish control and were were frightened that you know their staff would just be faffing around on Netflix all day. Um, Yeah, you've had to put your trust and realize that actually, I mean, at at the AC we are all remote. I think I work harder than I ever did in an office because it's it's constant, right? You know, the hours, the hours, and the productivity is certainly higher. Um, Yes,
1: I I think so. I mean. Like There is an important distinction that I've found in in remote work in that lots of people equate it with working from home. And now at the moment, that's exactly what it is because of the world that we're in right now. But for me and the team that I plan to build, it isn't necessarily. I'm usually working out of a a WeWork with my own desk and, and more of a traditional office environment. It's just that I happen to be the only team member in that particular building.
0: Yeah. Do you think that you'll go back to WeWorks? Is that what you're looking yeah, forward to that? I
1: think so. I think so. As we were talking about just before you're recording, we've got a baby and that is fantastic and it's been really lovely to be around. But also I feel as though I need the ability to kind of get away and have a productive space and then come home and, and be in family mode rather than sort of in, being in between constantly. Like lim-
0: is that is that how you feel? It's sort of limbo between your client's demands and then Lucian's demands? Are you just a, a
1: little bit, yeah, but but you know like it, it has actually been really great um I mean, we're lucky in that we live in London, and we have a spare bedroom, which um not everyone does, and so I'm able to work from from there and it's the first time I've had an office with a closing door in ages, so that's nice um but then you know once i'm once I open that door, then I'm in family mode immediately, yeah. which is uh mostly good, but sometimes sometimes a little bit unhelpful, so i'm I'm trying to find the right balance so I can be all in on one or the other
0: how on earth do you when you've literally got the world is your oyster in terms of recruitment how do you whistle down who your lucky teammate's going to be is it going to be more thinking about the cities that you'd like to visit for your team meetings (laughs) (laughs) wow
1: that would that would be a fantastic strategy. I should have thought of that. No, it's. I've actually been asking people on the AC Slack this exact question, really, and, and there's been lots of little uh, bits of advice that I've gotten on hiring along the way from the AC. Um, really, it's about um, uh, screener calls. So I took a lot of people through to 15-minute um, Google Hangouts calls, and I can get a pretty good sense of whether someone knows what they're talking about in that period of time. Um, and then there's going to be a pretty involved interview process um which i I, given this is the first hire and i've done plenty of hiring before but i've never done a first hire before um so there's been a lot of effort put into what that interview looks like so I'm, i'm hoping for the five or so people that i interview next week it should be pretty clear by the end of by the end of that
0: is it something like Crystal May's challenges that you've said?
1: Uh, <laughs> there is actually a, a question that I've been told is too hard by my, my current team member, um, so we'll, we'll have to see.
0: No, do we, we not get a hint of what that question is?
1: Um, to, no, I'm sorry, I can't give it away.
0: Oh, it's too top secret. You're <laughs> to let us know after you hide. No, there's
1: there's a sort of a there's a sort of a numeracy test, which which is almost like one of those multi-part university challenge questions. So, um, it it's one for the digital marketers. They should know what the question means, but no one else is going to. Oh,
0: it's not like it's not anything really off the wall. Like write a l- limerick about you in this job role, or
1: no, I'm not quite that creative, I'm afraid. It's more of a numbers question.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm obviously not the person best positioned to advise you on the hiring, but what <laughs> I guess it's just about finding your right hand person, right? You're the person that's going to click best with you and maybe challenge you a bit as well. Like don't hire people yep. that are exactly like you is what, is what they say, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I've been trying to find, like really make sure that I'm getting a sort of diverse range of applicants. And I think opening it up to, um, international applicants have certainly helped with that. Um, yeah, but really, I'm looking for someone that is confident enough to push back. Um, you know, my business is a young business and and I'm not always right about things, so I really need someone who's confident enough to challenge me.
0: Brilliant, that's good stuff. so what what I guess, as an agency owner, what has been your key learnings? I mean, a very tricky question, I know, but what do you think you've learned through your journey so far?
1: Um, I think the idea of having a very clear proposition is one that's spoken about a lot. And I knew from day one that I needed that. And it took me two years to figure it out. So once I figured it out and I'm able to have a conversation with someone and they can quickly understand why we're different, I noticed that they would then, we would start to have better quality conversations. And I would start to get better quality referrals because it's quite easy to, remember when there's a clear proposition rather than a a broad one
0: for other people to spot where you fit
1: exactly so so if i just said to you we're a performance marketing agency that runs ads for clients you would go great like there's a million of those and there are Um, but if i said to you that we're a performance marketing agency for e-commerce that specializes in facebook advertising then all of a sudden you think okay, if they're e-commerce and, and they're into social advertising, there's only one person to talk to. So I, it's one of those things where I, I knew that I had to get that right from the beginning, but it took a really long time. And I feel like now that that's unlocked, that's a big part of what's given me confidence to go down the route of actually bringing people in on salary and building out a more traditional business than I had anticipated.
0: Yeah, you should be so confident. That you are You're such a cracking member of the AC, always so knowledgeable always so willing and happy to give help I can only imagine how well your clients feel looked after you know
1: oh thanks Ellie yeah I mean we've got a good relationship with our clients and I, I think once we find a good match with a client they stick around um, and so uh, we're hoping to find more of those because we love working with our clients
0: good stuff one final thing um what do you reckon the next 12 months looks like
1: as far as the world goes, or as far as anything? Isn't
0: that one any way you like?
1: Wow, okay. Um, I mean, as far as my business goes, I would like to have hires two and three done within 12 months. That's where I'd like to get to, which mm-hmm. um, means a pretty sizable increase in our client base. As far as the world goes, what I'm hoping is, and this is a bit of an optimistic view, but I'm hoping that we can take forward with us The best parts of what we've learned during this period in terms of ways of working valuing the things that we have in our lives that are not material um, valuing the people that support us with our health and 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 provide the services that we might have taken for granted my hope is that we can take a lot of that forward and and build something better Um, who knows what's going to happen in terms of Uh, the virus and its spread but I do hope that we can be a happier society eventually
0: oh Nick what a way to end the podcast (laughs) I'm with you all away my friend
1: thanks Ellie
0: thank you so much for being on it um it's been cracking chatting
1: brilliant thanks Ellie
0: thank you so much for listening to another cracking episode Uh, of our podcast please make sure that you subscribe it means the absolute world to us to get our subscribers up um join me next time where i'm having a chat to mark convoy from 23 digital we talk about starting the agency the brilliant things they've been doing with their virtual events during covid and also how you can potentially travel when you run an agency